0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 210. I am your host, Blaine Puttvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg, the fitness guru, Wilson.
1: Hello. It's
0: nice to see a full compliment. The entire roster is on the show. It's nice to see. It is. It's a rare event, but we got it.
1: We to got talk about. It.
0: It's been a pretty slow couple of days in uh, the Montreal hemisphere but before we get into the show I'd like to thank our newest sponsor Boxing Rock Brewing located in Shelburne Nova Scotia specifically the Puckoff Lagered Ale. It is a light refreshing brew that I thoroughly enjoy and you would too if you live in the Maritimes soon nationwide. Also, No Name Hockey. Use the code Habs10 and save 10% on your purchase of custom made equipment. Gloves, sticks, pants, jerseys, you name it. 10% off using the code Habs10 at nonamehockey.co. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about what little has happened in Montreal. Not much, you know, it's been a quiet couple of days. Did I don't know. We, we put out a couple episodes on the weekend. We thought, you know, get that out of the way because it's going to be slow. And then, bam, the hammer drops. And there's been a ton of news. Now, since our last episode with uh, Grant McCag as our guest, the GM <laughs> was fired. The, uh, the assistant GMs quit or fired. Uh, basically, the entire front office was uh, was fumigated and everything is gone it was a everything must go time and gorton has signed a multi-year deal with the canadians and he is the in air quotes executive vice president of hockey operations so there's that but before we get into it we got a little bit of news about joel edmondson so the The reason why they can't call it a lower body or an upper body injury on him is because it's his back. So it's kind of in between. So they had to say it's his back. So he, his back is hurt. He wasn't on the ice
1: every week. It seems like that guy's coming back. It's something else. Right. And like, and and this isn't, this isn't a knock at him. He's a, he's usually a guy that plays every game and you know, whatever's going on with him, it's just, every every time it's it's like he was fuck, he was getting in the lineup a couple of days ago
2: right yeah. he was taking he was yeah. taking
1: a you know he was taking uh he was taking his turn there on the top line with petrie and we were like thank god somebody's finally coming back coming coming back to save jeff petrie and now it seems that it's prolonged again so you know i wish him all the best i hope he comes back at full health and that would be the best situation but
0: do you think it's, maybe J- Jeff Gordon got uh, Tanya Harding to go pay him a visit?
1: Oh fuck, it might it might have.
3: <laughs> I, got, I got a conspiracy theory to throw out there if you guys. Oh. So Montreal makes it to the Stanley Cup final. Everyone's happy. But they have the draft this year in Montreal. Yep. So who's to say Bergman was like, you know what? It's my last year. Fuck it. All <laughs> right, boys. We're gonna get that number one draft pick. That's what we need. We're going to get it. Petrie, don't even try. Don't even bother. Don't even show up. Carrie, don't even come out. Just go do something. Joel, you got a sore back? You know what? Keep that sore back for the rest of the year. We're good. Just saying. Just saying.
1: Same thing as with like, with like, Huffman, Rump. you're getting hot. You're getting
3: hot, Huffman. Uh,
1: yeah. Time to yeah. Oh, I cool her down. <laughs> cool down. And then poor Perot. It was he had an eye surgery. And then he was like, Oh, can you see? And he's like, bah in the eye, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. much. But don't uh, play the kids.
1: Just yeah. trash
3: everything. Yeah. Push
1: so, rod in the power play.
3: Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> you, now, you know
1: I, you know I, you, if people are gonna be laughing at that, but I can see people thinking about that. <laughs> it's
3: a it, it's a conspiracy. It could be a, could be a thing. real thing. They, are they actually tanking for real? We just don't realize it. Yeah. Sure. I, don't, I don't, I don't think anyone would get fired if that was the case, but.
0: True, true. They would have been kept. Now to finish off the little news thing, before we get into our, our other tangents, Edmondson was on, uh, was not on the ice. He had a therapy day. Uh, he saw the docs yesterday and it's looking like it's going to be a few more weeks. Uh, Perot was on the ice. Uh, he was in a non-contact Jersey and so was Hoffman who was also in a non- contact Jersey, but did not take line rushes. So people are hurt at different stages uh price was on the ice he was seen skating with no equipment on uh individually so he was working on his i guess knee strength that looked like because he was just doing basic uh basic pushes while standing of course aka skating
3: which is, which is weird because before he went in the player's assistant program, he was in full gear, taking shots, doing stuff like that. So did he re-injure his knee while he was in uh, player's... Could session?
0: have just restarted the, uh, the process and he started from light to, uh, to, mm. to high again, or he had a, uh, a relapse in his injury. It's yeah, possible. I, was
3: cur- I found that curious that he went from yeah. full gear, taking shots from the goalie coach to, all right, I have an issue.
0: Or Or maybe he's not painkillers anymore. Or (laughs) it's part of the conspiracy.
3: Maybe that's what I'm saying. This is my point. (laughs) How do you go from this stage? Oh, I got to take a break from my mental health to, oh no, I totally blew my knee out taking a break for mental health. Just saying. Just saying.
0: Well, they do say fitness is part of your mental health journey. So maybe he pushed it too hard in the gym
3: that's
0: it could be and when he blew his knee out in the gym when he fell back his thumb hit perot in the eye who then dropped his his dumbbells on edmondson's back
1: that's it who was doing like a downward dog behind him
0: Who then fell into huffman fuck huffman tripped over the whole lot of them trying to help them up
3: yeah
0: and then pocket lost the puck somehow
3: well it's puck it's it's still looking for it he's He's still looking charlie lindgren's jock up the stands every time he gets on the ice
0: you see how this has not only devolved but has now proven all the theories correct it's the illuminati
3: you heard it here first wilson has broken the montreal conspiracy theory (laughs) oh he's also fired
0: paul wilson was also fired by the way yeah, well I said Treg Wilson, but up. Yeah, Paul well, Wilson, you know. But
3: it's the, Berge but the two of uh, the Berge of NC code.
0: But we've never seen both Paul and Treg in the same room. So are they a different person?
3: Fact. We have seen me and Bergevin in the same room, but not me and Paul Wilson.
0: Technically, no. He ran yes, too we quick. We're in the same room. He ran too quick.
3: Scared of my biceps.
0: Now that, that arm wrestling match will never happen.
3: I know it sucks. I blame Matt.
0: <laughs> All right. No, so cool. on to Jeff Gordon and his hire. So he is the executive vice president and I'm putting that in air quotes because in my opinion, he is the GM and they just gave him a different title because he's an Anglophone to placate the masses.
1: Well, they also put vice in front of it. So they wouldn't take, uh, yep. they wouldn't, they wouldn't take, um, Jeff Molson's spot away.
0: That is yeah. weird because when he first
3: announced it, he was announced as president of hockey operations. Yeah, that's what oh, well, original... they were suspecting. That he that's what or, that's
1: there. what originally was. But we all knew that Molson yeah. was still going to have his hand. And in then the, they, in the they jar.
3: switched it to actually it was executive of hockey operations. Then it was executive vice president of hockey operations. And anyway, either way you look at it, he's running right the show. Whatever new GM comes in is going to be the French. I don't want to say puppet, but he's going to be the.
0: His apprentice.
3: His apprentice. Learn from him. Talk to the media, even though he's going to say, I think we should do this. And Gordon's going to go, no, I'm going to do
1: this. But this is the thing. We we had spoke in length about this in the past, about is it time for the Canadians to bring in somebody in this capacity? And it's it's only now that they've actually said, yeah, we need to do this. So it's a little it's a little weird.
0: Well, he did say he wanted uh, Molson. When I say he, yeah. Molson, in his press conference yesterday, as we record, it's Tuesday the thirtieth of November. In his press conference yesterday, he said that he wanted to go into a new direction with a fresh start, and this is exactly the way to do it. If it, other NHL teams, many other NHL teams, have extremely large front offices with multiple voices, and some have presidents and GMs like, like Gorton, when he was with the Rangers in his last job, he had John Davidson as the president who he would ping off of. He also had Glenn Sather as a, as a someone that he would be able to talk to as a senior advisor who he had studied under when he was an AGM under Sather when Sather was the GM. So it, it kind of falls in line with other teams and it makes perfect sense, especially now to bring an outside voice, someone who has not been part of this organization, who honestly was probably the number one uh, unemployed executive in the NHL. So if you have to make up a story that he's going to be the, uh, executive vice president of whatever, so you can avoid the whole language issue, friggin do it. Well, the interesting
3: thought is in his presser, he said it's something he should have done when he hired Bergevin. Yeah. that That's what uh, Molson said. So, yeah, you could have done it when you hired him, but you also could have done it any one of the nine years that Bergevin was still there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, we brought right? it up multiple times. Like,
3: back when he did the rebuild or the restart, if you separate the first five years and he did the whole re-whatever, why didn't you hire an executive then or a vice president then? <clears throat> to come in and give Bergevin a hand because obviously Bergevin was good at making trades. He was good at asset management. He was good at this and that He wasn't good at drafting and he wasn't good at development and he wasn't good at picking a coach. Right. So, I mean, I I agree with Grant. Grant mentioned that on the last show. He, he yeah. wasn't very good at picking a coach for the team. And, uh, as we can see with Ducharme, who's probably been the worst coach since coach since Randy Cunningworth, let's be honest.
0: Um, but he, Is he though? Because Cunnyworth didn't have much to work with. No, no, he
1: was doomed. He was doomed doomed from the start. Everybody knew that this guy wasn't going to come back and he was just a fill in the position. Ducharme actually took a team, a a very different team than what we're seeing obviously on the ice right now um, with say like a hybrid version of his system and took this team to the, took the, took that team to the Stanley cup final then was given a, uh, a contract extension. Now we're seeing a guy that's implementing his own systems and it is not working.
0: There's a system.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. To play chariot. Yeah. I can see, honestly, I've seen, I've seen Tim bits hockey games with more of a system.
0: Now uh, I know, (laughs) I know a lot of people who've played hockey with him uh, back when he was still a player. And, I had a conversation with one who wanted to stay nameless, but mentioned that when he was a player, he was, he was one of those skilled guys. He, he loved that freewheeling, that open style. And we saw it when he was a coach in Halifax, he had a stack team and he let them just run and gun. There wasn't much in the way of a plan or a system. And he didn't play that way either. He, he let his, his feet take, uh, kind of cover up his deficiencies. And it seems to be that's basically what he's doing now. But at the NHL level, it doesn't work. No, no, no.
1: Especially when you go from such a defensive-minded or defensive-postured coach from Julian, and then all of a sudden it's like, fuck defense. I don't need that.
0: But Julian's system fit the team that the Canadians had at the time. Exactly. They don't have that high-end skill to play a running gun. They they have to play a structured defensive system that they can then break out of.
3: Yeah. disharm's also trying to play. He's trying to get his defense involved in the offense, but he's using players like Sherrod and friggin uh, Savard to try to do that offense. Yeah. Nico's getting next to no time. Norlander's getting next to no time. The only guy who's a fairly good puck mover besides Petrie uh, is Romanoff. He's getting good. Time. He's like the third overall in minutes on the team. But, uh, and then Petrie's, I have no idea. I don't even know what to say about Petrie this year. I I don't, I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's.
0: Yeah, he is, he is completely out of
3: sorts. It's it's a totally different player.
0: Maybe he's, he he hasn't bought in. Maybe there, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a bunch of things, but when uh, back to the ice time and the game against the Canucks, for instance, the Canadians were, I mean, the Canucks came into Montreal on the second of a back-to-back. And they they thoroughly dominated at long stretches throughout the entire game. The first half of the game, or what was it, the first period, they were they were up eleven to one in shots at one yeah.
1: point. Until Montreal and, finally woke up.
0: Yeah, and then Montreal disappeared in the second, giving up twenty two shots against in the second. Then uh, they, I think, they gave up over fifty shots in that game total. Vancouver dominating for long stretches. And for the youth, you look at, at you were talking about player deployment, Treg. And yeah, Romanov, he got over 21 minutes of ice time, but that still puts him fourth in ice time amongst all defensemen. He got no power play time and very little penalty killing time. So mostly five on five. So that's okay. I can understand that. Suzuki, he got 17 minutes, just over 17 minutes, which sounds good until you realize that he got almost 10 of those minutes in the third period alone. Where Why wasn't he used that much during the first two periods? It's not like there was a parade to the penalty box. Norlander got 1227 and got zero minutes or seconds on the power play for some reason. They gave it all to Niku, who got three and a half minutes.
3: I thought Niku was playing well on the power play.
0: He did, but yeah. you... you your season's lost play the kids i I get that but
3: what i say i say play the kid in face of Sherrod. like you could have kept nico on the power play but put norlander in with petrie on the second unit at least
0: and and Sherrod got about a minute and nine seconds so you could have put that on to could have gave some of nico's time as well to kind of even it out uh paling this one Holy shit. I don't understand this. 1131 for paling. He's the only one to score. He created many opportunities to score for, uh, for his line mates. Uh, he was going to the net. He was like, he was playing with pace. He, he had a good game. He could have played 20 minutes and not been out of place. Made no sense. And then you have Caulfield who looked out of sorts because he doesn't have his timing, which makes sense when you're playing 12 minutes and four seconds in a game. And only 49 seconds of that is on the power play. And that's at six. He had six seconds on the last power play and about 30 some odd seconds in the first one. It's mop up time. So you're not giving them. You're not really placing the youngsters in
3: a position to succeed.
0: Yeah, no, you're really not They're They're kind of just let hung out to dry. So what's the plan here for, with, uh, with Ducharme? Like what's he trying to do? If it's trying to win, well, why aren't you giving more ice time to a guy like Paling, who is clearly outplaying everybody else? Him and Drew and together were on fire that, in that game. And they got maybe eight minutes of ice time as a line.
1: He can't adjust. No. He sticks to his, he says, this, these are my lines. This is what I'm going to do. And every now and then he'll panic. And we've seen it a few times. It's like, oh, let's throw it 11 forwards or let's do this or let's do that. And he, 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 just, whatever, whatever's going on in his head of what he thinks his system is, or what he employs, it doesn't work at this level. And, but, but- uh, and we even saw it with Molson and he kind of hesitated when he was asked about, about, uh, about the coaching. And he said, well, I don't make, I don't make the coaching decision, but he hesitated for a good long while.
0: Yeah. But that, what he said and that hesitation says everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, gonna be like
1: something. A, it'll be something that'll be looked at for sure. I, I, honestly
3: don't think Ducharme's gonna be fired during the season.
0: I uh, Honestly, don't. I think, and this is this is just me playing. I don't know predictor. I'm gonna look at my crystal ball right here. I'm gonna say that he is going to be fired in mid March.
3: That's pretty much the end of the season.
0: Pretty much, but it gives a good 10, 15 games to whoever they want to bring in to play the kids heavily, especially one that they want probably want to sign in Harris. Um, but going back
3: to what Matt was saying, he does adjust. If Caulfield makes a mistake, he sits for three or four shifts. <laughs> That's
0: true. Now, no, don't get me wrong.
3: Uh, when he does Ca- adjust.
0: Th- that mistake that Caulfield made, I have no issue with him being sat for a shift or two. shift or two that's right
3: but he sat for like almost 10 minutes eight and a half that that's that's unacceptable
0: that's that's five maybe six shifts that's like getting
3: mad that's like getting mad at a dog five minutes after it did something and it has no idea why you're mad at
1: yeah well this is the thing and it it brings up development it brings up usage of uh, the young players and everything like that you called Cole Caulfield up because within that small span that he was in LaValle, you found that he found his game and that he's once again the incredible prospect that you drafted.
0: Where's that game now?
1: Right, and he's shown some flashes since he's been back up, but we're seeing that he's slowly getting knocked
0: back down. When he was playing at the level that you expect of him, what we saw from him last year in the playoffs, why do you think he was getting that? he had his confidence and he was yeah. given a regular shift yeah. with players that complement his skill set that's right and this year he's not getting any of that yeah. and they're wondering why he is not producing at the
1: same time absolutely completely different system and you had a line with with Phil to know that took a lot of these really tough matchups so
0: see i'm i'm not i think that's
3: that kind of a you can do that with the Dvorak line. You can put yeah. the Dvorak line against the heavy matchups.
0: I think the, the thing I think is, the Deno thing is overplayed and kind of a cop out at this point. Caulfield,
3: before he was sent to Laval, wasn't playing bad hockey. No, that's this is the issue.
1: No, I he, he wasn't playing bad hockey. Caulfield just, wasn't his, playing bad. He just his wasn't timing was off. Yeah, his timing was off.
3: He wasn't hitting the net. Then all of a sudden, well, you're not working out with Suzuki, I'm going to move you. But he was working with Suzuki. They, were, they weren't they were scoring, but they were working. And this yeah. is the issue. I had. As a coach, he should have saw that and went, all right, it's just a matter of time before these guys start clicking and they're going to get it. I'm going to keep it the way it is. But, but he didn't. He panicked. And he was like, oh, they're not scoring. They're not scoring. What's going on? I better move Caulfield.
0: But why aren't those two scoring? Because they're lacking something on the line
3: they're lacking the left winger to drew would have been a perfect winger for them, but they
0: could have been, a, they need someone uh, like a there. puck retriever type of uh, player. So hell throw Lekkanen on that line. Yeah. See what happens. Lekkanen,
1: Lekkanen, Armia or even Anderson put them with those two guys.
0: Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try Armia. He's been, he's been shit. Mostly Anderson
1: did well with him in
3: the playoffs. in the yes. series. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: I mean, he'll play and, his off wing, but
0: and Anderson has been playing very well all season yeah. long because he right. plays a simple North South game. whoa analytical guys think anderson is trash (laughs) well they should watch the games
1: he's been one of the only consistent players so
0: whoa trash the reason why anderson has looked good in his style of play is because he's north south straight lines playing with some pace it's the exact same reason that paling since his call-up has played so well because he's playing with pace he's got a little bit better speed he's worked on skating obviously yep and he's playing north south he's playing to his strengths he's going to the net he's using his size just like anderson so it's it's a simplified style and it's working because there is no system in place so just skate north south yep. and you look great yep. are
3: you saying that paling's doing exactly what they want at you know, you do. yes
0: interesting And he's succeeding. He is. And development is a key here. This is, this is a segue. Drafting and development is a key component as to why they hired Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon is well known for implementing development systems in, uh, for teams and identifying talent in drafts and pro uh, pro players. With paling the draft and development seems to be working because they drafted him later in the first. And in the time since he's been drafted, it's been about five years. He has finally worked on those little pieces that were missing his skating, his physical speed, his physical aspects, and the knowledge, the hockey IQ to play that, that simplified North South power center game. And it's it's starting to show on the ice. I'm not saying this guy is going to be a second line center, but for right now, he is probably their best center. Like in the last few games, he's been their best center.
1: In a small in a small sample size.
0: But that's the thing. Yeah. It's just right now. Size. Yeah. Just right now, he's going to end up being their maybe think, third I, line. Center.
1: I personally think Dvorak has really upped his game lately.
0: He's improving. He is. I, I think him showing up in this, uh, this nightmare scenario did make him look, it did not make him look good. No.
1: Yeah. But they, you can say that about everybody on the team exactly. because, because this team, this team hasn't been healthy the whole season. No. And um, you know, I know that we're eventually going to get back to GM talk and everything yep. like that. I know it's something that's going to be coming up, but uh, if the team was doing well right now, we like Bergevin would still be, would still have his job. And Maybe. and uh, but but in my opinion, Bergevin and the team success last year led to what's happening right now. Base, but a lot of it is based off of injuries and uh, and not I said not having a healthy team. Everyone expected this team to come in and, you know, blow people out of the water and it didn't happen. So you take you take a team that went to the, the cup final to a team that can barely win five games. Six, uh, right, six obvious, right? Obviously, pe- right? Obviously, people are going to start. Going to start talking.
0: They got six wins. Let's give them some credit here, but they can't win two in a row. No, no.
1: So on, it, like you, you know, it might have been his own success, and and for a guy that was uh, nominated GM of the year, etc. All of a sudden, to fall off the map, it's it seems that the 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 team success really kind of shot him in the foot.
3: I don't think Bergevin did anything really wrong
1: in the off season. No, I don't he, think he did. I Mayhew don't think he really think he did either. But you you looked signed
3: Huffman to improve the power play, which was yeah. a good move.
0: Yeah.
3: Sabard so at the time I thought was gonna be a pretty good move. Yeah. Uh,
1: he's,
0: he's, he's 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 starting to play way. a little bit better. He was brought in for defense, yeah. not much else
1: yeah yeah um but like we had opted we, we were optimistic going into the season yeah with yeah. and we obviously didn't know what caulfield was going to look like going into this year and and you br- you already brought up hoffman and the 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 lineup didn't look that bad and then all of a sudden as it get closer to the the start of the season it's like oh we're going to start without Kerry brace
0: and yeah, Joel evanson okay so yeah we're not going to have Evanston, that, et etc yeah. right so so yeah. With all of that, despite all of that, if you had a better coach or a different coach, say Julian was back, yeah. this team would likely be a lot closer to 500.
1: More than, like, more than likely, because oh, more they have likely. the players that are employed to play that system. That's right. We, we said on the
3: show we thought this team would be a bubble team. Yeah. Probably a wildcard team if they made the playoffs. And
0: yeah, that bubble burst. Oh, boy. And,
3: but no one suspected they would be a 48-point team. That's what they're on Lion, oh, yeah. yeah, 48 yeah. points yeah. which is
0: but that's under the old regime the new regime <laughs> under jeff gordon let's get gonna back have 58 to the, points let's get back to this and his his plan according to molson is draft and development which we touched on a little bit yep. so i'm expecting in the next couple of days when he finally makes it to montreal to have a talk with uh, duchard it's supposed to be, supposed to be friday Yeah. Possibly talk to the media. Yeah. But he's going to be in in the city by Wednesday. So he's probably going to talk to the coach before the game on Thursday against Nashville. And I think it's going to show if he, if he did or didn't, because on Thursday, if the, if Ducharme's playing the kids a lot more then we'll know, he got talked to and what the plan is. But um, beyond that, there's also diversity and mental health so they're going to put in uh some work on the mental health side which i think in montreal's market that's a good idea and diversity so before we get into the whole gm you know gm predictions what do you think the diversity piece means matt
1: it's hard to say but like there right now there's there's talks that they might bring in uh and this is all all rumors, of course. Like there's people talking about bringing in Kim St. Pierre or Daniel Goyette or something like that in some sort of management position. Um, we'll see. We'll see how we'll we'll see how it goes. Like they, they've they've got they've got um, they've got female um, they've got female um, uh, representatives within their organization, and they talk pretty high of them. So it could be something like that. It could be bringing in people of color. It could be anything like that. Who knows, right? Right.
3: I think a female is going to be an assistant GM with the team. I think, I think that's what's going to really?
0: happen. Really? You think an AGM?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be. And I think they're going to, I predict, and this is looking at my crystal ball with diversity in that. I think they're going to bring in like a St. Pierre. Uh, uh, what's the other girl's name? Go, uh, Dana Goya. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one of them is the uh, assistant GM to uh, take care of Laval. That's what I think. Uh, that's what I think they're going to do.
0: Could be, could be it'd be a bold
3: move and i think that would it would be a a big step forward for uh for them and and i think Montreal is a great team to do that um i there it there is a a, the person of color issue with montreal i mean but that's around the entire league and management so it's not just montreal i
0: i think i think what they're what we're more likely to see that you know the kim st pierre stuff and menoreum and all that sounds great because you know they're francophone names so they're going to get thrown out there but i think with the diversity stuff uh we're probably what we're more likely to see are women and people of color being hired on as scouts or uh to work analytic departments Mm -hmm. that kind of thing i I I see i i think that's what we're going to see most of
1: yeah which i'd be which i'd be happy about yeah um and this isn't like people that are listening right now don't say that i'm against women going into management or anything like that (laughs) but you don't it was the same thing it was the same thing as when the hockey diversity alliance went out and said here's our demands this is what we want and they said we want this many uh people of color in positions of authority when it comes to general managers and, and that kind of stuff you have to have you have to have those people in place first you don't well, just, they
0: need to, they need right? to learn yeah, yeah you have to learn,
1: you have to learn. Yeah. And you have to, you learn, you learn at, at these, you know, scouting positions and analytics and you learn at those positions. It's not just, well, you're a person of color, you're a woman, you've got this background. So we think that you can be this.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be more entry level stuff where they open, which the is, doors, which is,
1: which is great,
0: which is the exact way to do it. You want to yes. build it for the future. You start there. Because if something happens, it, right? right?
1: Because, because, if, because if something does happen negative, people are just going to point their fingers right. and be like, you put this person in, the, in this position because of this reason.
3: Now it goes back to the language thing in Montreal. Yes. It's kind of the same argument, different, but the same argument. Like, I don't yeah. care what language you speak. Well, obviously you do because the, whatever GM or coach brought in is going to be bilingual. So they're going to speak English um you just have to know that montreal has to, they have a different culture to appease than just the english culture that's right and if they have to bring a bilingual guy in to do that and who's to say the bilingual guy isn't the best guy for the job this is this is what bothers me you, you sit there and say i want a, the best gm for the job an experienced gm they got gorton he was the most he was the best and ex, most experienced gm you're going to get besides peter Torelli or maybe jim rutherford Right. And Jim so, Rutherford
0: was not going to take on any new roles. He's already, no. he's in his mid seventies and he's got a He's got a kid who's nine years old. Yeah, so he's yeah, going to stay other, home. Yeah.
1: The only other one that would have been available would be like Talon, maybe. Maybe. And, and right? if you're Somewhere going like in a that. different direction,
0: like Molson said, we want to go in a different direction is bringing in a guy like Dale Talon, who worked in Chicago with Bergevay, really a different direction. No. It's just more no, of the same. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Now, on that, with the next GM, which is a great segue there, Trey. You wrote an article w- uh, naming five Francophones who would possibly be the next GM, ignoring language altogether, clearly yes. going after only the Francophones because Correct. you hate Anglos.
3: No, it's because Molson said he's hiring a Francophone uh, GM. What?
0: Publicly? Yes. He said that? He
3: said that. Right out in his presence. No, he oh said that goodness. multiple, multiple,
1: multiple times. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, um, yeah, I did five. and I had an honorable mention at the bottom that mentioned a few others. But uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I can rhyme off the five and you can give your. Uh, so I had R- Roberto Luongo, who's probably the least experienced uh, one of the bunch. Uh, he's GM for World. the GM for the World Cup, and he's uh, assistant general manager for the Olympic team. Uh, but that's, he's front office with Florida, but I'm not quite sure what he does. He's special, like a special, he's a
1: special advisor to the general yeah, manager. So he's yeah. just like a, hey.
3: He's
0: he's tutoring. Cool. He's being yeah.
3: tutored. Um, then I had uh, Luke Robitaille, who I think is the most experienced. Well, not uh, not so much. He, he, he has a lot of experience in the executive side of hockey with the LA Kings. He's won two Stanley Cups as an executive. Uh, but he's never held a GM position. He was always a uh, president of hockey ops or uh, vice president of hockey ops. Uh, you have Martin Brodeur, who uh, Blaine is pretty high on.
0: Team um, Team Brodeur.
3: Who, right after he retired, he went right into the uh, advisor to the general manager for Doug Armstrong in St. Louis. And then uh, New Jersey hired him on as a uh, business operation of business, biz- uh, president of operation of business. And now he's a consultant with the GM or assistant general manager, I guess he is.
0: And a horrible, horrible designer. That jersey is <laughs> ugly.
3: The hat one. I like when it
0: says hat. I
3: like the the hat. <laughs> See that one's fun. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Um, and then we go into the two that I think are the what everyone has on the top of their list: uh, Matthew Darsh, who besides being the assistant general manager for the past two years in Tampa he really has absolutely no experience except working for a Canadian company as a as a financial manager but uh, he has no other so I'm not high on Darsh I'm not I know a lot of people say Darsh but I think it's because he's under Brisbane and the success that Tampa's had that they think he's going to bring that to Montreal but I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter because I think Gorton's going to run the show anyway. And then finally, my favorite, my one who I think should be hired, especially if you're going to the development and drafting part of the uh, portion, is uh, uh, Martin madden Jr. I think he was an amateur pro scout his whole, almost the entire time with Anaheim. He went from an amateur pro scout to the assistant general manager who takes care of Anaheim's development and prospects and can everything pretty much Trevor Timmons did in Montreal he's doing over in Anaheim and i think he'd be in the i think he'd be the perfect guy to to pick up for uh,
0: yeah and he's got what about 20 years experience doing that at, at this uh, level 14 i
3: think uh, from amateur yeah. scout and that with Anaheim i think it's yeah. 14 i'd have to go back and look but i think i think it's around yeah, 14, 14 14
1: sounds right yeah, yeah.
0: so for me clearly i i think Brugger would be the better fit mm-hmm. because to well he's francophone he's a former goalie you know, Montrealers love that. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not an ex Montreal Canadian. His dad was the Montreal Canadiens photographer, though. Exactly. So, be, and his dad was also a former goaltender in the NHL. So, it, you know, Montreal loves those ex goalies, dirty old goalies. They love them. But um, if you're going to throw one from left field, I think maybe Marty Lapointe, who's still with the team.
1: Yeah, that's, that would be. Phone. That, yeah, that would be my left point. Just uh, promote within. Yeah. But then, aren't you still?
3: Doesn't that follow under that old regime uh, thing you were talking about earlier? Because he was with, he was with Bergeron's club. He was with, he's
0: continuity, perhaps, sure. But at the same time, he has worked under Gorton in Boston. Yeah. So he's got that familiarity.
3: And he's head of player development in Montreal, which is not one of the things they want to improve.
0: But he just took over that (coughs) job like a year ago. True.
3: That's right. I'm, so, I'm just playing devil's advocate here yeah, yeah. Martin I, I, I don't think it's going to be him i have him as an honorable mention on with justin Thibault, uh daniel briere yeah well he
1: was going back to the Patrick point he, he was brought in he was brought in as well um he's also the amateur scout he has the amateur scouting duties as well so maybe yeah. we'll see maybe we'll see um uh a split. part of that oh yeah split up yeah
0: yeah mm. that would make sense i think that would make better sense because you want someone to focus on finding the talent and yeah. then you want someone else to focus on polishing that talent. Yeah. That would make sense. I mean, you got Rob
3: me. Ramage there in development as well.
0: So he, he's. And, good, Bouillon. Yeah. and Fra- Bouillon. Frankie yeah. B is there too, but what's this, what's to stop them from hiring like 10 more development coaches, right? Why not? They got the money, spend it. Mm-hmm. friggin' spend it. Yeah. Um, now Briere's is a good name. I like that name that he, uh, you know he's got a little bit of experience with the ECHL and he worked under Gordon with the Rangers, so he's got that familiarity. The main he's been the
3: main mariners main mariners uh GM for four or five years
1: now, and he's done
0: yeah, big you know, a big job down up now, till so. this
1: season. Yeah, he's yeah with
0: him this season. He's he?
1: he's the president now. He's, he's the, the, the president jam. now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, he owns the team, doesn't he? No, I don't
3: think so. I thought he was part owner.
1: No, he might be, but...
3: Jocelyn Tebow owns the Sherbrooke yes phoenix and he's also the president and general manager there
0: i don't know I, I have a hard time thinking somebody's gonna leave leave a team and work part-time for two you know kind of thing because mm. he he you know like joe well, bouchard he... was never really fully committed to one versus another because he was always back and forth and he was playing his favorites always bringing up guys from you know
3: I, I'm just saying, Justin Tebow has that. He was the general manager of the Quebec, Q, Quebec QMJHL uh, in 2020. He was the, he was the general yep. manager. Nope,
0: the he's an up and cover.
3: Yeah. But, and, and with Gordon as your vice, you don't really need an experienced GM. You, you can have a guy that you want to mold through Gordon. Yeah. So, like a lot of people look at Briere and Thibault, and I'm not saying it's going to be one of those guys, and they go, oh, well, they have no experience. Well, they do, they just don't have NHL experience which is what you're going to get no matter who you hire. If, whether you hire Wa or Madden or Darsh or whoever, you're not going to get an experienced GM. You're going to get That's a right. guy who has experience. Yeah, you'll have front office, not ex- as front office experience. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah.
0: I think whoever they pick, uh, out of all the names that we've mentioned, I don't think they're really going to go wrong. I mean, Gorton's clearly the one in charge. He's going to be mentoring whoever they bring in who's basically just going to be the francophone mouthpiece for the team at that level. Okay. Um, but one name I really, 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 really want the Canadians to avoid is Pat. I do not believe he is someone that could work well with Gordon or anyone else. He's, and I'm basing this only on his actions as a manager or coach, since he left the NHL
3: <laughs> as a player. Well, even in the queue, he owned his team. He managed the team. He yeah. had full control over everything. In uh, Colorado, he was the he was the coach and president or uh, vice he president. He was the vice or, president. Yeah. And he butted head with Sackick. He wanted certain players and wanted certain things done and done. And Sackick said, nope. And then he said, I don't want to finish my contract. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore.
0: Yeah. Out of the blue, up and quit yeah. six weeks and before the
3: season. I don't see... And it's quite obvious, Gordon, according to Molson, and now he never said this word for word, Gordon's the guy. He's yeah. You're going to be working with Gordon. It's going to be a two-man job, but you're not going to make a move without Gordon approving it. That's what's exactly going to happen.
0: Well, I mean, if you look at any hierarchy, the, there's the general manager, and then there's the executive vice president. My, yeah. Bergevin had both hats. So yeah. whatever he chose to do, you know, he did. It was but just, now, hey,
3: Molson, this is what I want to do. Can we do This it? is what I
0: did. Here, yeah, give me the yeah. check, basically. Yeah. But here, it's not like the GM, who's being picked by the uh, the vice president, by the way, is going to override what the vice president tells him. Clearly, it's Gordon's team. That's yeah, it. And
3: I, I don't see why. Wa- and, and that's the reason I, I kind of don't see Luke Robitaille leaving L.A. to go to Montreal. Either. Um,
0: well, why would he want to leave L.A.? That, which ne- is la leave it la where he played his entire almost his entire career he's he's a household name and
3: they're they're in a rebuild and they're going to come out looking pretty good but at the end of the rebuild they're almost out of their rebuild now and he's part of it right yeah so uh i don't see him going over so i mean it just makes sense madden jr to me i'll bring it up again he kind of got passed over as the interim gm (laughs) in anaheim and uh i think he's he's a good guy but who knows they could go out of left field and hire i don't know billy bob beanie from south shore montreal or something and i don't know maybe uh, maybe they're just gonna hire i have no idea i've no idea. they're gonna hire know. dr dave and he's gonna come <laughs> in and
1: he's gonna so gonna personally personally i think it'll end up Pat part- i do i think it'll probably put I think it'll end up being Martin Madden Jr. If, if he wants to leave the Anaheim Ducks, and uh, with Bob Murray um, going into um, treatment for alcohol abuse and everything like that, some people thought that Martin Madden was the, the one that was going to take over the team. And, and
3: that was my point. We're and in instead, year, I think yeah. it was Jeff,
1: Jeff Solomon was put in that position. So yeah. um, it's hard to say, but if they're looking for um, a guy that's that's going to be good with scouting, player development, etc and then you you throw him in with an experienced uh, executive like Gordon, it's probably going to be the best option. Well, if not, the... if, and if not, you're bringing in. And, and once again, like you have somebody we've, we've said this before, you've got somebody that has front office experience, but doesn't have um, GM experience. He is assistant GM for the last two years. He's probably the one that's the most polished and ready to jump into the position as opposed to somebody like Briere or Darsh, um, et cetera.
0: What do you guys, do you guys think? Of, oh, go ahead. Blake. Yeah. And uh, you look at the, uh, the prospect pool that he's put together in Anaheim.
1: Yeah. And he, and he was with Carolina before he won yeah. a cup with them. Right. So.
0: Yep. And they did fairly well with their drafting.
1: Yes. What What do you guys think of Joel Bouchard coming
3: back over? That's another thing too. If, if you get Martin Madden jr. Over, Joel Bouchard can come over and become the new coach of the, that could be, a, could be a possibility. Which I think he should have been to begin with.
0: But. Well, that is a distinct possibility because because right now he's, he's the head coach for the San Diego Gulls, which is their yeah. AHL affiliate. Yeah. If he's offered an NHL job, most NHL teams, almost all NHL teams allow people promotions. to leave organizations for promotions.
2: Right.
0: So it's a distinct possibility.
3: Or Joel Bouchard is GM of the Canadians. That could happen as well.
0: Um, sure.
3: Just I'm just throwing it. I'm just throwing it out
0: there. I'm just saying that I'm a Francophone. I would fit in perfectly. You would be terrible. I will do exactly what Jeff tells me to do.
3: You would. T- you would try to build your team in the mold of you.
0: Oof. There's only so much stupid to go around.
3: That's what I mean. Be a lot of Tom Wilsons.
0: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Not too many teams are going to want to get on the ice with that team. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of $25,000 fines for coaches coming up.
3: I, I, You know what? I could get into that, but I
0: good on Moore
3: The referees in NHL are not held accountable for what they do and don't do on the ice. No. They can do whatever they want. They can ref any way they want. They can do anything, that, and there's no rep, repercussions or anything. And you're not even allowed to complain about it.
1: Yeah, and one of them told one of them one of them told Hayden Fleury to go fuck off the other night got hot mic'd for it so
0: yeah yeah they yeah. did a big old fuck off match yeah, yeah. and Hayden Fleury's the one that's going to suffer for it more than likely right just yeah. like Gallagher yeah last year Gallagher got into a fuck off match with a referee and that same referee has done several games for the Canadians since and every single time Gallagher gets nailed for dumb shit
3: I'm saying the refereeing in NHL is probably the worst officiating in any pro sports in North and in, in the world.
0: It's terrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is whoa. terrible. In North America. Have you watched FIFA soccer? That shit is disgusting. Oh, well, I mean. who watches soccer? Whoa. Oh, sorry. I just <laughs> don't. <dove. laughs> um, now we're going to move from that to the next portion, which is kind of, Let's avoid the refereeing thing because oh that, that's yeah, a sorry. show in itself.
3: I had to rant about that. When I seen the Brendan Moore thing, I was like, yeah. good on him. I had to rant about that because it's oh, yeah. just terrible.
0: All he, all he would have to do is just lift his shirt and show his washboard abs. You know, like you win. <laughs> guys are rock. Um, all right. So rebuild. Do you guys think that Jeff Gordon should get into a full rebuild?
3: No, I don't think Montreal is that far away. I don't think they're that far down the rabbit hole. I don't think there are that many missing pieces that they need to do a full rebuild to become a contender. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be against it. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be against a full rebuild, but I don't think they're really that far off uh, of, a, of what they need.
0: Well, the uh, Habs and Filter Twitter account put out a poll asking that very question 81 percent said they would be they would not be opposed to a rebuild That's but that same percent that same percentage also said it's not needed
3: yeah i i don't think it's needed i i think they're two or three pieces away from uh being a contender really
0: now matt is there are, are there any untouchables for you
1: gallagher i wouldn't i i i i'd uh, i keep Gallagher on the team i think i i think um i think this team needs to uh once again have a player with a c on his chest
0: but everyone has a c on their chest
1: you know oh, what i mean you know what i mean, yeah. you know what I, mean. <laughs> I, I, I i like i like i like i like um every time we see um, weber around the team and everything it's it's fantastic we saw it the other night. Um, and that's another guy that I'd love to see in a front office role with the Canadians. Um, but I think it's time that I don't think it's going to happen this season, but someone's, someone's going to step up. And, um, I think, uh, it's probably going to be the new GM. That's going to, that's going to make that call of who's going to be the next captain. But I think it's something that needs to be done.
3: But, but here's my question. Do, do they need a, a cloth C on their chest to be the leader? They don't. They but, don't. But So then where, where are they right now? If if Gallagher should be the next captain, is it going to take a C in a shirt to change things?
0: But like, wouldn't, have, wouldn't, he... having, wouldn't having a set, this is the leader, there's no questions, no one's asking any, there's no more distraction with sure. it. You just hand somebody a letter and say, that's the guy. I,
3: I get that argument. But what I'm saying is, they should have someone doing that now, regardless of the letter. They should. The letter, on their shirt.
0: And and I think that because of the way everything happened, you're going to have that gap in leadership. You're going to have that dis, disjointed feeling for a while. Yeah. And that's partially why this team has been kind of listless. They're, they're rudderless. Yeah,
1: But to I, answer your question, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was
3: going to say, I like Anderson. I think Anderson would make a good captain. I think yeah. he's been, but anyway,
1: go ahead. To answer your question, though, I don't think they need a full rebuild either. I think that this team needs to get back to health first and foremost and then take this season, which is a fucking complete write-off, and succeed from this moment. Look at, Evaluate your talent. Evaluate who you have coming up through your system. Make the key signings that you need to make, one being Jordan Harris. Um, and start, start your development – to these guys right off the bat and have a very strong draft. Cause it, right now it's looking like you're going to have a top, a top 10 pick easily. So that, this is what, this is what I would do, right? Have this as a, as a, as a, right off season, give price all the time he needs to get healthy and all the, the all, anybody else give them as much time as they need to get healthy, have a strong draft um, and, and um, start your player development Um, off on the right foot
0: well i think that's that's pretty much what's going to happen we got to the point now where um molson had to clean house and i said this many 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 times on this show saying that molson is not going to address the fans or the media unless he had he had already done something which is exactly what happened. and he's done it
1: at the executive level
0: that's right right made changes there
1: yes there are some names that could be moved on the roster but I want to see what they can do as a healthy team first while adding, they do need to add some pieces. Like they definitely need some help on defense. And I, th- and I think they could use a center, but
0: this is where I think Gorton's uh, going to step in. He's going to yeah. bring in a new uh, philosophy, especially at defense because he has been a proponent even since his days in Boston of big mobile defensemen. Yeah. I mean, I know Chera is the, you know, yeah. it's this big, you know, Frankenstein's monster today, but back in 2006, when he signed him in Boston, he was a big mobile defenseman who put up a ton of points. Absolutely. So he he's always had that, that view of the defense, which I think would be perfect now with, in today's NHL. And to get to, to get to your point on making moves, well, kind of on the point of making moves, you you already know what you have with this team, even when they're healthy. And they
1: do have, and they do have players within their system that are coming up that are not necessarily ready to take the next step, but if they're developed properly and I'll I'll use a guy like Gouley, he's he's impressed in the games that he's played. If he's developed properly, easily a top four defenseman in the NHL.
0: And with, you mentioned Harris, Harris is now, they want to sign him. That could be this version this team's version of the Adam Fox. I'm not Could saying be. Harris is going to be no, no, no. an all-star or a, no. a Norse winner, but he's that NCAA puck moving type. They want to keep him. You have to make room for him to step onto the roster. So you're yes. going to have to trade some guys away. Yeah. So guys like Sherrod who can get you a first round pick. Yes. When you want one in this, you know, like to start the, the building process again, um, Kulak, you make room for him you're not going to get much back in return weidman no. uh niku if you can move guys like that out to make space on the roster now for younger guys to step up great especially if you can get good asset for them like shirat yes
3: i i'd even be okay with him uh trade i'd even be okay with them trading petrie
0: yeah but honest, if you're trading Petrie, they're you're not going to contract
3: back he just yeah. signed a contract, so they're not going to do it. But no. uh yeah, you're right. In trading him, you're not gonna get picks and draft, you're not gonna get prospects and picks, you're gonna to have to take a contract back to, to move him. But
0: and, and I've said this before another a player that I would trade would be Leckinen because of his value. Yeah. that makes that makes really
1: any he's restricted free agent. That's right.
0: So and you want to make some little. space with with salary, bam. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> now Brian Wilde wrote up something, uh, in his last, uh, call of the wild. And I just read that before we came on to record and he brings up an interesting point. If this team is going to start to suck for a couple of years, Carrie price is already 30, almost 35 years old, 36 years old. By the time it's good again, he will not be, <laughs> he will not be able to provide the Canadians, the level of play they need to be a true contender. So, he basically says it's time to trade him and it's not to get anything decent in return per se, but to give him an opportunity to win somewhere. Now
1: I can, I can see the argument there, but at the same time, yeah. I don't think they need to throw a grenade at this whole team.
0: No, no. But if you're going to move, you're going to move a few guys out, like the, uh, the UFAs, like Sherratt and Kulak and all that, maybe an RFA or two uh, just to make space for younger guys to move up but if you're going to trade any one player that has term and has played a key role on this team, it would have to be Price, If only to give him a chance to win.
3: If he agrees to it.
0: If you come to him and say, Hey, listen, we're doing this so you can win a cup and go back closer to home. He'd probably go for it.
1: Yeah. But thing is a lot of the top tier teams that right now, they have a goalie in place that is going to get them there or that can get them there.
0: Guess which team uh, Brian mentioned?
1: I didn't read it.
3: I
0: don't know. Edmonton. They're a team that's on on the verge and their goaltending, let's, let's be honest, is their Achilles heel. Now, obviously, you would have to eat some of that cap. You have to retain some. You'll have to take on a contract, so like a Koskinen or something. And at best, you'll get a prospect out of it. Now he mentions Dylan Holloway. I think that's that maybe that might be the value you might get, maybe a little less.
1: I wouldn't be, I wouldn't buy it.
0: But I'm on the same page
1: as Matt. I don't,
3: I don't think you get rid of, you get rid of price, you're not moving forward.
1: No. But you still got, you, you still got to have competitive players on your team. If not, one, you're not selling any tickets. Because you're not, because no one's going to want to, no one's going to want to go to goddamn games. If everyone, if if all it is is losing and you don't want to know
0: you're losing, you want to be entertained. You want to have good players on the ice doing fun things, but you also don't want to
1: break. You also don't want to, don't don't want to break down the team that you currently have or the players that you currently have saying we're going to be part of the losing mentality because we're going to go out and get Charlie Lindgren again. And he's going to be our starter. If
3: you're going to full rebuild, Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, so if but you're going full going rebuild, full that's rebuild, go going. to price
3: and say, hey, Carrie, we're going full rebuild. This is going to take three to five years. So we're not going to be a contender till the end of your contract. What do you want to do? Because really that's what it is. And I'm sure price is going to go. We want to trade to Edmonton. Let's yeah. just say we, we have a deal in place. If you're okay with it. Yeah. They're on they're on the verge of maybe winning a cup if they have the right goalie uh and price goes fine i'm all for it but if you're if you don't think the team needs a full grenade blow up rebuild then you don't get rid of your well some people
1: some people have brought up the whole Jeff Gordon thing and and uh he being on the team when they came out and they said look we need to retool rebuild read this read that however you look at that was
0: three years into his his tenure yeah
1: i I know but you look at their team and they were gifted a first overall pick and a second overall pick. and panarin and panarin and adam fox only wanted to play for the rangers.
0: well he leveraged so, what he had. You know what I mean? Advantage.
1: But like you were you were given these pieces just right so
0: true. I mean it had, it it accelerated the rebuild. Oh, 100% but so I'm, just, I'm just bringing that
1: I'm just bringing that up for the people that are like, oh, Jeff Gordon's gonna come in and do all Absolutely. this. So it's like that's not gonna happen in Montreal. No, it's like no, look no. at the look at what they got all at, pretty much all at once.
0: But he's he that's what he does. Like you look uh, at what he did in Boston as well oh, in a four, four month span.
3: He, he yeah. built their Stanley Cup team. Yeah.
0: He, essentially, he, he got the entire he, core of the Stanley Cup team.
3: He drafted Lucic, Marshaw, and Castle. Uh, yeah. Castle traded for Chara and Savard.
1: And, no, sign, uh, sign, sign char.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Sign, yeah. char
1: and
3: Savard Trade
0: yeah. for rask.
1: And t- trade for rask.
3: And he was
0: the he was the head scout who got Bergeron and Critchia. Yeah. So he had the major hand in putting together the the main core pieces in a very short amount of time. Now to do all that though, he had those both those teams had to make some space. They had to get rid of some of the veterans. In New York, he didn't get rid of all the veterans. He kept some, oh. well, so I can of, see uh, him moving one or two off of this team in the next year.
3: He also yeah. brought in
1: Sabanajad too, so
0: he that did. Was a
3: good,
1: yeah, that was, that was a good. That was a good deal. And then he,
3: you mean, know, yeah.
2: he, but he,
1: you know, he traded his captain, traded McDonough, right? Traded, he traded, uh, uh, he he traded Kevin Hayes, Gingler. traded Zuccarello. So he did he, the, he did. he did move some people out.
0: And you look at the focus he put on their defense he put a focus on mobile puck movers like uh, like Adam Fox in that trade yeah sure he wanted to only play in New York but he made sure it happened he brought huh. him in who's he's a good puck mover he brought in Truba he uh, he he drafted Condre Miller yeah that that's and then he brought in Ryan Lindgren. so you've got your top four in basically a year and a half and they're the new prototype style defenseman and that's exactly the type that he likes
3: and he got fox for two second round picks and he didn't yeah. really give up a yeah, lot. i didn't get it up much for it
0: no now the only downside is he brought in uh d'angelo but he also got rid of him so yeah evens out
3: and when he brought in d'angelo d'angelo wasn't the d'angelo we know now that's right
0: uh, probably well, it was, was still,
1: but yeah, it was. was. We just didn't know, know what level it was at.
0: No, we did because of what he did in the OHL.
1: So, yeah, I guess, but it wasn't as widely spoken about. Yeah,
0: he didn't completely make it open right away. Yeah, thank you, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, but no, it's so if you look at what he has done in the past, that's probably a great indication of what he's going to do in the next, in the future. So, I mean, I've got a little bit of a, I, I shared my prediction with you guys on the, uh, on our, our group chat, but I'm going to put it out here. Now, my expectation, what I've been, what we're going to see from, him, I think he's going to trade for Kravtsov draft, a top a center in the top five. He's going to sign Harris. I think Harris is going to stay because he's going to make space for Harris to play in the NHL right away and he's going to trade out about three players, maybe get a couple more first and then get a new coach all before the GM comes in, uh, probably by, I, I don't know. Maybe the GM comes in during the all-star break in that Olympic all-star break timeframe. That, that's my expectation,
1: which would be February.
0: Yeah. That's the entire yeah. month of February.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you guys have anything like that
1: i th- I would think that they're gonna try to go strong at the draft. I think they're gonna try they're gonna they're gonna play asset management in terms of who they can give up um i think they're gonna um i think they're gonna move on from Sharratt they're probably gonna move on from kulak i think they're gonna put some fielders out for lakinan um they might even um They might even dangle um, if, if price is back, they might even dangle someone like Jake Allen out there. Um, And then I think they're going to look at what they have at the draft. They're going to maximize their, uh, their picks, maybe try to move up the draft um, with some of these uh, depth picks that they have or uh, extra picks that they have. Not necessarily, not necessarily go out and just say, okay, we want to draft 15 players and and hope for the best. I want to see, some actual scouting, some actual, um, this is our guy because, or we moved up because, or we did this because not just, we've got all these picks. We're just going to use it to, to pick somebody. And, um, I think, um, the lottery is going to be a big, uh, a big thing. And, uh, this is something, if you get a if you get a top three pick, you can't fuck this up. Right. That, it, basically
0: it, that's what Molson right?
1: said. Yeah. And if, uh, if, oh. um, if, if that happens, they've got to get somebody that can either come in that year or the next year. It can't be a sit and wait. Um, we'll let them develop type thing. Like it's gotta be, they've gotta, they've gotta realize what they have and make it work.
3: Greg? I think he, I don't know about the Kratzoff thing, uh, but I think he'll, I think Kulak's gone. I think Lekkonen's gone. I think Sherrod's gone. I think one of Tofoli or Huffman will be gone. Um, and I think he's going to get one or two more first-round picks. The draft's in Montreal. I think he's going to want to make a splash there. Um, mind you, the two first-round picks he's going to get are going to be later ones because he's going to be trading the, the teams going to trying to play for the Cup. Uh, and I think he could turn a lot of those second rounds and that that he has maybe and he can get a, another first-round pick if he can package something together uh, to get that. I think he's going to try to go all out and get as many first-round picks as he can for this draft. Yeah. and uh, try to improve it and I agree with Matt I think if they pick top five they're I mean this year's top five I mean I know Grant said he didn't think it was that great of a draft but I think this year's top five any one of those players can jump into the NHL uh, when they get there at least the top three at least the top three and yeah. and, and if they can get that I mean even if they pick a guy like Savoie I think he's gonna I think he can come in and, and, and do well with the, with the Canadians And and I only say that because I, I get shades of Louis LeBlanc last time it was in Montreal, so. Um, yeah, but
0: Savoy's from Alberta, so.
3: Okay, so it doesn't matter. Savoy has a French
0: name. <laughs> They're going to love it. I, um, I still think Geeky would be their their pick at that point.
3: I like the Russian guy. I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to butcher it, but uh, <laughs> I like the Russian guy. I know Grant likes the Finnish guy there, uh, yep. Keeble, or what's yeah. it? Uh, jo- Joachim Kamel.
1: Kamel. yeah he yeah. likes him but I, I like the
3: Russian guy if they get the Russian guy say, go yeah. he's, a,
1: he's a he's a winger and he's like tearing it like he's tearing it up in the finish little great
3: he's up. got and like my right starting games. To tear it up he yeah. just scored his ninth goal yesterday and he's yeah. starting to really heat up although and he's
0: gonna go he's gonna go number one so if the Canadians go win the lottery we know who they're gonna get but yeah. other than that if they don't my guess is geeky's the kind of guy because he's a big center plays a lot like Mc uh, does kind of you know, I'm leaning on tendencies here. Um, yeah. So basically what you guys are saying is Thursday night in Montreal on draft night is going to be fun to be, uh, be there.
3: Yes.
1: So you should be at McLean's pub Yeah.
0: on the Saturday after the draft for our party.
1: Right. We're going to wind yeah, down night, or, or the night after the first round or the night after the second round. Or... Yeah. We're going to be there a lot. <laughs>
3: yeah. If so anything like Dallas Blaine and I will be somewhere till about six in the morning. Yeah. Or seven. or seven. We did get
0: lost on the way back to the hotel. <laughs> the sun was coming up. <laughs> I think the sun was up. I was pretty drunk. I think I remember seeing it. I remember seeing
1: you guys in the lobby as I was eating breakfast. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: what you get for bringing your girlfriend. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Not that we did anything bad or anything. We just, we just went uh, on and got drunk. We just went and got drunk. Gila yeah. point. Thanks, yeah. buddy.
1: Yes. Great okay. night. You Thank definitely you. did and I wave Wavos rancheros. So.
0: <laughs> so for our listeners, if you want to join us, uh, we're having a draft, a post draft party at McLean's pub. It's going to be on the Saturday after the draft. That's our official party. You're welcome to join that. We will be in the city pretty much all week long. So if you want to find us, just follow the sound of police sirens <laughs> in the bar district and you yeah. will find us there. Yeah.
1: I'll be there as a Wednesday. And I know, I think, I think you will be too.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, but Habs Unfiltered, uh, go to the Facebook, uh, Habs Unfiltered Facebook uh, page. There's an event that's put in. Everyone's welcome to join us. Click on going. We will meet you at McLean's Pub. McLean's is going to set us up with some, some uh, food deals, uh, a little table so that we can maybe record a show. We haven't decided quite yet. It's still pretty far out, but I mean. May as well focus on the draft now. Cause this season is going to the crapper.
3: Yeah. Nope. They're going to hire a new coach. They're going to go win every seven
0: games out of every 10 make the playoffs and win. The we playoffs. need
1: a coach with fire. Patrick was, Patrick Waugh is going to be, the coach.
0: <laughs> you know, honestly, I wouldn't be against Patrick Waugh being a coach, but bringing him in as a GM, no fricking way. Would I be for that? I don't think that would work at all.
3: Patrick was a coach with torts as an associate coach. Oh God.
0: And God the the other one. Only if we're doing that Amazon 24 seven stuff. I want to oh, that'd be
1: Fantastic. This. I'd watch that on fucking continuous loop.
0: That that would be the greatest <laughs> reality show ever put together. It'd be amazing. <laughs> uh... Wow. Behind torts. I cannot hear you with my Stanley cup rings in my ears.
2: Yeah,
0: I am the coach if you don't like what I say
1: I go home <laughs> yeah they're gonna bring we're gonna bring Louis LeBlanc in for player development or for scouting
3: Terry and Ryan it's just
1: gonna be, just gonna be him in front of the camera it's like don't make the same mistake they did with me <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man Terry Ryan be awesome for just for the stories yeah <laughs> but uh I digress we've uh we're, we're running long on the episode we've uh we've rambled on quite a bit so uh, any final thoughts? I'm going to start with you, Trick. Uh
3: No, it's just going to be interesting to see what uh, Gordon has to say Friday. And it'll be interesting to see how DeSharme coaches on Thursday. So keep a watch out to see if he goes with the young guys or if he depends on if Gordon. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gordon shows up Wednesday. He'll have a talk with him. So it'll be interesting to see how the game goes Thursday
1: and uh,
3: what Gordon has to say on Friday.
0: Matt.
1: Uh, quick from me, um, as we record, it's the 30th of November. Tomorrow, Hockey Canada is to announce the at least the preliminary roster for the World Juniors. Um, today, uh, Bob McKenzie had his kind of preview show of who to be looking at. And uh, along with Owen Power, first overall pick of uh, the Buffalo Sabres, he named Caden Gooley as a lock to make Team Canada's defense score and um, threw a couple other names out there. A lot of left-handed shots. Um, But from a Canadian standpoint, um, look for a guy like Joshua Roy or uh, possibly, possibly Riley Kidney to at least get an invite. Uh, As we record, uh, Josh Roy is now leading the queue in scoring uh, through 21 games, got 39 points, 14 goals. So at least he should be on the radar. Um, Is it going to happen? Who knows? Um, I think he should at least be uh, given a look, but with uh, a lot of the uh, talent that has come back to the uh, uh, to their junior teams or guys that are currently playing in the AHL like Berfedi et cetera, there are locks for some of these spots. So um, I would say look for ghouli to be there, possibly to wear the C, and um, and other than that, uh, we'll be happy if uh, there's some representation there.
0: Yeah. And uh I'm I'm doing up some work on the Russian squad right now for the Hockey Writers. So keep an eye out for that. I'm I'm scouting the enemy. So so far from what I've uh, what I've been looking into, the video I've watched and they're, they're a good team. They're a really really good team. A good team. Yeah. Yeah, and there are no Canadians prospects on that roster. Just to put that out there. I was hoping there might be with the uh, cost yeah, Kassanin.
1: Yeah, or Sobalev.
0: Yeah, but no, yeah. neither one made it. Um, all right, so I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, you guys make this fun. You've sent us a lot of interactive, uh, some, some good comments, some good emails. Um, keep an eye out for some of the work that we're doing with hockey writers. Uh, share away. Comment burn us on it we don't you know whatever have fun with it that's the whole point of this just have some fun and uh remember if you were talking about it so are we abs unfiltered has special sponsors uh go to seatgiant.ca to save 35 percent on all your fees when purchasing tickets to nhl cfl major league baseball concerts Whatever event Sea Giant sells, use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to and veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt.